apropos of nothing, it's one more thing. Armstrong and Getty. One more thing. I haven't heard this yet. There's no real good reason to do this, but this is, I'm about to hear a little bit of the number one song from 1980, the number one song from 1990. The number one song, is that right? Uh, From this week in 1980, 1990, 2000, 2010. Okay. And this is just for uh, a little... So what was popular... Right when you're uh, time to get back to school or college or whatever. And one of these songs I had never heard before in my life. Okay. Number one this week. Oh, it comes handy with a handy uh, announcer lady. Glad there's a DJ. Number one this week in music history, 40 years ago. Sailing, uh, me away some fine neon rock there. Crisscross. Now, was that during, were you guys spinning records at that point? Uh, 1980, no. I was not. No. Not yet. Okay. I was in, I was in school. A child. Christopher Cross, though, that was a that was the number one song. That was a- 30 years ago. I don't know this song. Okay, this is the one I had no idea about either. Is that Wilson is Phillips? Prank? Is that Wilson Phillips? Who is that? Sweet Sensation, If Wishes Came True is the name of the song. I have heard that song, but it's only because I was a disc jockey and I played okay. everything, but, but I'd have never been a, I would have never been able to tell you that was a, ever a hit song. Did you have traffic and weather separate? We had no traffic and weather. I was not in a, I was not working in a town that had any traffic. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no point. All right. You know your own commute better than I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so that was 30 years ago. Here's 20. Oh. That's the same crappy song. I don't know this song either. What does that sound? <laughs> that one <laughs> sounds like butt cheeks slapping together. <laughs> hey now, does it? It's good thing we you? saved this for the podcast. Yeah, got a special mic for that. Does it, Jerry Falwell Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> that is "Doesn't Really Matter" by Janet Jackson. Okay, from okay. Uh, from the year two thousand. She had a number one song in two thousand. In the year two thousand. Huh. Uh, and now the last one from this uh, randomly assembled list is from the right. year 2010. Ah, yes. There you go. The Marshall Mathers, the Eminem, if you will. Yeah. Which one of his smash hits is this? Uh, Love the Way You Lie uh, mm. with Rihanna, who you put her on the hook of your song. It's particularly in the 2010 range was just a, a you just put that on the charts. It's going there. Mm. Eminem was the biggest selling artist in the world for the first couple of decades of the 2000s. Yeah, that uh, he sold eight trillion records. I recognize his voice, but I didn't know that song either. <laughs> God, my kids love the Eminem, but finding stuff we can play or radio edits is the Ooh. hard part. Yeah, very. And mm-hmm. he's one of those ones where you want to be real careful. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. They're, my kids are actually this is works with the Simpsons too. Rap music, uh, The Simpsons, hip hop stuff, anything like that. They're still too young. So a lot of stuff, like when, when in a couple of years, maybe even like next year, Sam will be old enough that he can't listen or watch some of the stuff he's listening to and watching now. Right. Which is interesting. Yeah, he'd never catch a double entendre, for instance, yeah. at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I remember going through that with my kids, too. You had that... Uh, that They're not too young. For the them. no idea, then the aware enough, yeah. and then mature enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like right now we watch The Simpsons, the stuff that would bother me a lot if he were 13, they just they don't even notice. <laughs> Back when Vincent was the uh, producer of the show, and, and we wish old Vince well, obviously, um, he, he would occasionally annoy me intentionally by saying, ah, name a hit. 
<laughs> if it's not popular, it's not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I've always looked at pop music, and there's some pop music I like a lot. Define and pop music for me. It's popular. Uh, no, I don't know. It's it's. Oh boy, do I have to do this? You don't have to do anything. But music you can tap your foot to. It's right? generally uh, repetitively rhythmic. Easily digested, not very adventurous music. Mm. Um, and there's been some great a lot pop of, music. A lot of money in that. Yeah, there is. But here's the way I look at pop music. You can have this guy over here. He paints a brilliant picture of whatever, whatever your favorite style of art is. Whether it's Renoir or Surrealist or Andy Warhol or whatever. String art. Very popular in like the late 70s. In my Sunday school class, we're constantly doing string out with the little nails in the board, and then you run the strings all around. A nice eagle or something like that. I think my parents still have one on their wall. (laughs) That was back when Christopher Cross was just learning his chops. I mean, he was just, his sailing was still about raking. Raking takes the leaves away. He just, he hadn't refined it yet. But anyway, uh, so anyway, you got this guy, allegedly, uh, for the purposes of the argument, comes up with an absolutely brilliant piece of art, and you can buy a reprint of that. Guy over here has a cat hanging on a branch, says, hang in there, baby. Mm -hmm. That will outsell the brilliant art 50 to 1, maybe 500 to 1. But that doesn't mean it's better. So that's, uh, that's mostly how I look at pop music. It's something that's comfortable for everybody. It's 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 its own unique genre, most of which I don't enjoy all that much. But every now and then, there's some pop stuff comes out. Oh, that's oh, fantastic! Yeah. Oh yeah, it, it comes and goes in the blink of an eye. Too is another. It's just today's sound. Well, that's fine. Yeah. If you, as I also say about music, if it lifts your spirits and makes you happy, then that's good music for you. Just turn it the f down, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here listening to an obscure track from 1986. Please. Oh, hey, speaking of which, uh, I just read they remade High Fidelity, the movie, which is based on a great novel by Nick something. Don't look it up. Hornsby. Good job, Hanson. Nick what? Hornsby. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Um, That is a great novel. Love that novel. Uh, Love the movie, too. Updated it, and they've uh, remade the movie with a- John Cusack and uh, the chick from Cosby. Yes. Yes. Uh, Lenny Kravitz's wife, whose name escapes me. Zoe Kravitz? I think they've Lisa remade Bonet. it with her. Lisa Bonet, yeah. Did I read that? Can somebody come up with it? Okay, we're talking about two different things. So I The believe- new, the brand new <laughs> yes. update yes. stars who? Uh, the Kravitz woman. As, as a bisexual uh, lead character, John Cusack's character. Is that character. movie old enough to remake? Female and old to remake jackets. It's the only thing you can get things made is to remake them. That's one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, yeah, me too. I loved it. It helps if you were into the music of that period. Yeah. Um, but I think that's why they're updating it. I think the references, hipsters, a lot of the references. Hipsters at a record store rolling their eyes at people asking questions. Is yes. I'm fantastic. Yes. That's the first time I had ever seen Jack Black, I think. That was my exposure, first exposure to Jack Black. I was told that series has already been canceled. Oh, uh, they did. it was a movie. They remade it as a series. Oh. The series is not getting picked up for season two. That's, but that's a bitter shame. It's uh, I, I don't know. The streaming economy is different. It's not so much it got canceled. They made the season. That was the season they made. 
and maybe they're just done uh, another example of the commerce versus art thing. We've argued about this. Oh, many just times. very quickly on the record store thing. Jeff Tweedy in his autobiography, the uh, guy from uh, Uncle Tupelo and uh, and uh, Wilco. He was one of those hipster, holier-than-thou record store guys for a while, and he looked back on it with shame. But he said his favorite question ever was somebody had a bunch of Beatles albums and said, which one of these is the White Album? And he said, the one that's entirely white, which I love. Well, we argued about this a lot in terms of commerce versus art. I argue that Fifty Shades of Grey is, by definition, good literature. Because it's one of the top-selling books in the history of the written word. And that alone makes it good literature, even if I hate it. And you would argue the other side that oh, yeah. if it's crap, it's crap. It's, a different, it's, a, it's an entirely different question. Quality and popularity are separate, right? The, 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 most, the, the most sold hamburger on the planet is McDonald's. I don't think there's anybody making the argument that they make the best burgers in the world. An excellent example. You I put him think, in his place no, there. I, I think, bet he doesn't say a damn thing for the rest of the podcast. I, He's so ashamed. I think that is different Whoops. in that, um, you know, it has a lot to do with the distribution. It's the number one hamburger because it's easy to get drive through on my way home. If I could get my burger off my grill easily on the way home, I would always get that over the McDonald's burger. So would 90% of people. Whereas the book, you you know, you get to choose from all the books that you can read, and you've chosen that one. It's by definition a great book. I don't think there's any way to get around it. Yeah, I I, I just, I want to parse here. Uh, You can't call it a great book. You can call it successful at what it aimed to accomplish. And I think there's a difference. One of the things that but, annoys my friends the most about me is I constantly hammer on them. No, there's a difference between things that are objectively good and things that you like. Like, yeah, I like all sorts of stuff that is not good, but I still enjoy it. But I, hasn't, haven't most people determined that it is good if they uh, decided to buy it or watch it or listen to it? They've determined that they enjoy it, but I don't think that that means that it is inherently mm-hmm. good or well-crafted. I once read a really overly serious and scholarly article on, um, actually, it was it's a book, come to think of it, but it was some, the topic of it was how literature is appraised when it's written, how it's appraised 50 years later, 200 years later, and what endures and why. Test of time is the biggest thing with art to me. Mm-hmm. Although, um, and, and what the hell is the Although title of this book? in your own times is an important thing, too, and it means nothing to people of the later generations. So. I read this book on vacation thinking it, would, it was funny because it was by Chuck Klosterman, who's occasionally very funny, but it was ended up being a mind blank. Uh, but he was talking about what work of art endures and why, looking back, Moby Dick emerged, for instance, or he gives lots and lots of examples. And sometimes it's very w- weird. It doesn't make sense. It was not the best thing at the time at all. It just best exemplifies the time. It it kind of summarizes the Wouldn't time. Wouldn't that piss you off? As like a 600-year-old author. Well, like Melville <laughs> died a failure. Yes. Yes. And he has one of the most successful books in the history of American literature. I mean, he would be in the top five best American novels of all time. So you picture him up in but heaven he just sitting it. there muttering angrily. <laughs> and there's a number of examples. Of that. Well, what if one, what are your animal what if one of your albums that you've recorded yes. ends up being just a giant sensation in 70 years. Yes. <laughs> Am I alive in this scenario or what? Of course not. 
Um, you plan to live for 70 more years? <laughs> well, Elon Musk might put a chip in my brain. <laughs> like those pigs. <laughs> that that it's I suppose ironic. I'd rather have that than not with you know with anything you've done but right. um uh it would, you'd much rather have it happen now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is oh, weird clearly. from an art standpoint because that's not in theory the reason people do art. Mm-hmm. That's why I do art. Instant gratification. <laughs> <laughs> the chicks. Only the chicks. Yes, well, some truth to that. Oh. Anyway, uh, you know what? Maybe I'll uh, reacquaint myself with that book and we'll, we can discuss that. Mm-hmm. One of the intriguing... I love Chuck Klosterman. He's, he's yeah, a really intelligent guy. Yeah, yeah. One of the questions he considers is what rock and roll band will be pointed to as this was rock and roll music in the 20th century. Um, and he goes through, it's frequently counterintuitive, hmm. and he gives a bunch of uh, examples through history. But anyway. The Foo Fighters would be my first guess. Uh, it was 20th uh, century, but it's 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 way complicated, Sean. I don't need your simpleton guesses. It's very Matthews. Is it that Christopher Cross song we heard? It, it is. That's the answer. <laughs> that will be the exemplar of rock and roll in 500 years. So humanity is doomed. Christopher Cross's Arthur's theme. Play it for your teenagers. They'll love it. Well, I guess that's it.